are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel, and I'm flying solo tonight. Nick's having a bit of uh, internet challenges. I'm not sure what he's done. He probably broke it, but uh, all I got from him today was he's uh, got Comcast looking into it. So uh, our guest tonight is Mr. David Darling from Kalamazoo Bow Works, the Kilted Boyer. How are you doing, David? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? You know, I really can't complain. I think Nick and I have talked about this a few times, and uh, and I, I know you follow the podcast. You've probably heard me say this, but I started a new job right in the middle of this when COVID, you know, first kind of hit, and they were, you know, we're starting to talk about shutting down the the country. And if it mm-hmm. hadn't if it hadn't been for COVID, my life would have actually changed a lot more um, because the company that I went to work for, I'd be, you know, going to the office at least a time or two during the week. And with the COVID thing, I'm still working from my home office the same way I have been for the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. So, oh, really? Uh, but yeah. So I can't, I mean, this is all, this is all normal to me. This <laughs> other than, other than, you know, after hours and on weekends, nothing has really changed about my life whatsoever. Right. So yeah, but, it's about been about the same for me. I mean, uh, you know, being in the medical field as a paramedic, I, I, I still had to show up to work every day. Um, that, our call volume we got really light at the beginning of it. Um, we just no everybody was afraid to call. Um, nobody wanted to go to the hospital, and uh, it was like six weeks almost of like just going to work and not doing anything. It was it was kind of crazy. Um, but you know, like you said, I, it's it was the being at home and and uh all that stuff man it is like you can't like you, we couldn't do anything you you were kind of stuck at home you, there was no recreating or you know you kind of tough to have a date night with the wife when there's no place to go for a right. date you know yeah. and that some of that I don't I, I don't know about up there I knew you guys have had some of the without getting into the politics of everything I know you guys have had some of the strictest um you know, lockdowns and, and laws or uh, I guess guidance that, yeah. that there's been in, in Georgia, you know, again, whether you agree with it or not, we opened up back up pretty quickly. Uh, so, you know, I remember early on during this thing, that was really kind of uh, a bummer because we had, we had, uh, you know, Bella came home from school for spring break and, and pretty much never went back. Um right. So anyway, it's uh, it's been it's been interesting. How's it how's it affected the the bow making business? Well, you know, it, it really kind of screwed with my plans. Uh, pretty much all the shows that I was planning on going to this year got canceled. Um, well, I, I would say half of them. Um, where we well, Michigan Traditional Bow Hunter Jamboree, we rescheduled till it's actually going to be uh, August twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third. Um, but it was supposed to be beginning of June and we, in, in Michigan, we were still under lockdown in June. There was like, you couldn't do anything. It, you know, Compton got canceled. Um, ski, uh, ETAR got canceled. Um, and I was going to be at that. And, uh, I was going to go to the total archery challenge and uh, set up a booth there as well at Boyne mountain. And that got postponed, but with as big of a thing as that is, I'm, I, I haven't seen word yet, but I'm guessing that's going to end up getting canceled as well um, because they've been canceling them. Pretty much all the heavy lockdown states, they've, they've been canceling the total archery challenges. Right. But so, I mean, like not being able to get out and, and get bows in guys' hands is, has been tough. I mean, but I mean, that being said, I, I, business has not been too bad for me. Um, actually taken quite a few orders um i was able to make it to one show in july or shoot in july and i sold a couple bows there and got some good leads on you know possibilities of a couple custom orders coming in and um yeah i mean honestly it hasn't been too bad i got to spend a little bit extra time in the shop um early on with the covid stuff uh because the wife she works um in hand wrist and elbow surgery at uh, one of the local hospitals here and when they shut down all the non-essential surgeries, right. you know, all the elective stuff, she had no patients to see. So she was, heck, man, she was home like three and a half days during the middle of the week that she wouldn't normally be. 
So she's here with the kids and I could be down in the shop. It was kind of nice. Um, kind of getting caught up on stuff and, and working on, you know, we're, yeah, just working on getting caught up more than anything. So uh, a couple things that I wanted to make sure I, I brought up. First of all, because I'll forget this, and if I don't, uh, I mentioned Nick's having Internet issues and, mm-hmm. and couldn't join us, and I did shoot him a, a message just a few minutes ago. It looked like he was online, but now he's gone, so I'm assuming they didn't <laughs> get him fixed. But uh, he did want me to pass along to you that uh, he's really enjoying, uh, I think it's uh, a, uh, his, a whip. Is that? I, I can't remember. What, Manistee. What? Manistee, that's it. Yep. Um, and he he just said that he he got out and was was uh, shot a lot this past Saturday and and wanted me to pass along to you. Sorry, I screwed the name up there, but that's on me. Oh, no, you're not right. him. Um, but uh, anyway, said he's just he's loving it. Uh, and then for myself, uh, I think I traded email messages messages with you to tell you this, but I went back and looked and. You uh you actually hold the record as far as the number of bowstrings placed on one order. Uh, That's what I you mean, said, yeah. I think it was forty five or something like that uh, on one order, which I really can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and I really hope the next time you'll split it up because my fingers were sore for a week. <laughs> but, uh, that was a lot of strings. Yeah, I'm sorry about that being that big, man. <laughs> I, I, I let I wasn't keeping good inventory on my strings and I was like oh I think I've got enough and like I'm I, I was finishing up like six or eight bows something like that and I'm like I've got two strings that'll fit these and I'm like oh man I need to get this order in and I'm like Steve can you help me out <laughs> well I tell you I tell you what you actually um, that order uh, made me commit to doing something I'd been putting off for a long time I don't know if you saw I posted on Facebook but I broke down and bought a um, uh, maintenance jig from Baker Archery uh, oh. right after right after you placed that order. Yep, it was a it was a I mean it was a pretty big investment. I you know it, it it'll take quite a few strings to make that back up. But mm-hmm. I will tell you this: it's um, I can already tell it's going to make uh, production a little faster. But more importantly, I really think it's going to make things a lot more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way I can, I, I can adjust the tension on the strings when I'm, when I'm stretching them and, and serving them. Uh, and then not only that, but the, um, the little, the poles that you use on, on this, uh, tension jigs much better than the homemade method I was using. So the, right. even the loops are not going to be, um, uh, stressed like they were. So they'll be, everything will be just more consistent. So right. Man, I don't know how you can get a whole heck of a lot more consistent than your strings, man. I I, I love your strings, and that's and there's, um, you know, that's, that's why I order through you, and that's why they go on all of my bows. Well, you know. and I definitely appreciate it. I really, really do, and I'm glad to hear. You know, I'll be honest. When I saw the order come come through, I was, uh, I was probably as much excited for you that you, you know, your your things are picking up, and you're. Your your business is increasing and so forth, and you were able to place an order like that. I honestly think I was as happy for you as I was to get the order. So, uh, yeah, greatly appreciated. Well, and I appreciate that as well. It's uh, it's 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 amazing how far how far I've come, you know, in the last year and a half. And it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just really cool to to see this kind of blooming. So you you mentioned all the all the different events, and that's one of the reasons that I reached out to you. I've been wanting to you know get you back on the show and and do a touch base, see how things were going, and uh, I know you know we had talked and kind of kept in touch. We was talking about uh, Comptons, and and mm-hmm. I had pretty much written Comptons off because of my bear hunt, mm-hmm. uh, and then Tom and I were talking about it, and we kind of decided you know regardless of how the bear hunt goes. Uh, you know, we figured we would break camp a little early, basically a half a day, and and come by and spend Saturday at Compton's, uh-huh. and then Compton's gets canceled. Um, you know, here we've been lucky because I think we had our little local shoot that we have every month. I think we canceled two of those, mm-hmm. uh, but then we have, and then we didn't have huge turnouts. I'd say we had twenty five to thirty people each month, but we still got to do. You know, we still got to have our shoots, but. I was really looking forward to Compton's. Hated hated seeing that get canceled. Yeah, you know that's one that everybody, at least in in this area, you know the region, 
really looks forward to that shoot. It's it's one of the bigger ones, and uh, there's not many that are bigger than it. You know, uh, traditional wise, I think Etar and I don't know if Cetas. I've never been to Cetas, but um, I've heard that's a really good shoot too. But um, yeah, I mean, it, even it, missing confidence is more about you know missing the family reunion aspect is the way right. I always look at it. You know, um, and that's you know because then. The people that I don't get to see that live, you know, from around the country, you know, and even sometimes the world, you know, if Danny and Blackie show up, you know, Blackie Schwartz, um, mm-hmm. you know, I get to see my friends from Germany and, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, you just don't, you know, these are our, you know, there are yearly family reunions and when they get canceled like that, it, it, it's tough. And I think for us, um, like the local ranges that normally do like shoots, um, like we've got a couple, Tomahawk and Land Lakes. They do a monthly shoot. I don't. They got canceled for a couple months, and then I think they started opening back up in in June. But you know, you're looking at trickle of guys coming through, and I think that the big part with you know like Compton getting canceled is is the vendor tent and the Saturday night auction and the seminars and that kind of stuff that where you're going to have everybody grouped together in one one area. There really wasn't any way to get around that and. Uh, I think that that's why the council, you know, their Compton's board, you know, made that decision to go ahead and cancel it. Well, start looking forward to next year, I guess. I mean, that's, you know, the, and I agree with you. I think, you know, Compton's, and I'm trying to remember the last time I went, I don't, I can't remember. No, no, no. I meant, I can't remember if I even shot the course. I know, I I know there have been years that I've been that I never, I never lost a single arrow. Um, I love shooting the course up there, but it always ends up being either manning the booth or, um, you know, catching up with folks that you only get to see once a year. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the last, the last two years we, you know, Nick and I've, have recorded, several episodes uh for the podcast there and uh that's always a lot of fun you know we we recorded with uh, uh dutch um rashid and we recorded mm-hmm. with uh monty browning and and brian burkhart i mean we just had we've had some really good opportunities to record with people there and it's as much fun as it is doing the recordings like this um and we were talking about for the phone call about zoom and getting all that set up uh and the, the, the quote new normal but as much fun as that is um being able to sit face to face with someone and have those same conversations where you you get to pick up on things that you just can't pick up on when you're doing this just verbally like you know uh, look in somebody's uh, someone's eye or the the look on their face or you know just some little reaction that they have to something you say that just can lead down a uh, a whole nother rabbit trail with a great conversation is you don't get many of those opportunities even doing this and i i really i really regretted that i couldn't do that this year yeah, and that you know the the face to face thing is is yeah. The, <laughs> it I saw something the other day that really kind of struck me. It's like yeah, that's me. It, it, like uh, it, it had a rating scale, you know, like the five stars or whatever, and like one star it, and it said equals me via text, and like three stars me via uh, phone call, and then it was like uh, five stars equals me, you know, in person type deal. And it's just you know it, it's it's easier to, to communicate and, uh, and to be able to emote back and forth. And, and, and like you said, you know, end up down those rabbit trails based on, you know, what you see in a reaction in somebody versus just talking on the phone. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it sucked with it being canceled. It, really yeah, it, it does. And I don't know how the, I don't know how the recording would have worked this year with the, with the masks on, you know, I, oh. I've, I've had a lot of conversations with different people. Um, and we're not, I'm not going to pull you into this conversation right now. Um, (laughs) but I've had conversations with, you know, certain people and, you know, the whole mass thing, uh, let, well, you know what, if I go down that path, I'll go down that path. I'm not going to do it. Here's one thing I will tell you. We had to move Bella back into her dorm this past weekend and it's yet to be seen how that's going to turn out with regards to whether or not she's going to stay, on campus or not, or if they're going to have to shut things down again. But, right. um, I, I knew full good and well 
I could not do what I had to do down there with a with a regular mask on. So mm-hmm. I actually, uh, David Blaski and Tracy will get a kick out of this. I went and dug through my my hunting clothes and found my my predator camo neck <laughs> neck gator face mask thing that I get from them and yep. um yeah I use that right and it you know the material on that you can actually hold it up and it's actually you know it's a it's a, a mesh material anyway but it actually has a pattern of of open holes in it I mean you can mm-hmm. see through them and I know I've worn you know I've worn stuff like that for years and and I know you get more oxygen through that than you would most of the masks that people are wearing and yeah. and man huffing stuff up three flights of stairs um if you're not used to doing it every day it's not good to be doing it oh it, it was day. bad i mean i i i, I was telling in fact i told laura i said you know i know i'm i'm out of shape just because i haven't been doing a lot of things than i normally do but mm-hmm. i'm not that bad out of shape the mask would just about kill you um uh-huh. so i'll be glad we don't have to do the stupid mask thing which i'm lucky i don't have to do it often um but you know certain establishments require it and and you know i'm not going to stop living my life as much as i don't like wearing the mask i'm 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 gonna do what i have to do Um, yeah you know and like for us i mean to go to a grocery store like we got meyer up here like a walmart right like it's it's required that you wear a mask when you go in that store if you don't have a mask on they turn you around and you're you're walking out and you know you can you know jump up and down and scream and shout and you know tell them that you know it's your right that you don't have to wear a mask but it's also their right to refuse you service and if you don't want to leave then they can call the sheriff's department and they can come arrest you for trespassing so you know if i need to get groceries or you know you know whatever i whatever i may need i i I got to put a darn mask on. Outside of that, you know, I I was one of the holdouts. I wouldn't do it no, well, until that, and until they finally said, you know, you have to. Um, yeah. You know, I, obviously I have to at work when I'm, you know, patient contacts and stuff like that. But it. Uh, of course, I also think it's convenient what what stores are allowed to tell you that they can enforce, and <laughs> and then what they can't enforce. But right, that's a yeah. whole other political. St- discussion we we don't need to go there but uh you know here it's the same way there's there's definitely a lot of stores here that you have to wear a mask now you get inside the store and half the people once they get inside to take the mask off or they pull the mask down and it's you know it's only covering half their face or Mm -hmm. i've even seen people walking around with the doggone things hanging off their ear they're not doing anything and then you got the other people that's riding around in cars by themselves with her mask, mask on all the time. I, I, none of this <laughs> I makes any sense. I saw somebody the other day. We were we were driving. I think uh, I think I was in the ambulance. We were taking somebody. We were just leaving one of the hospitals, and I saw somebody with a mask and a face shield in and, their car, in in uh, <laughs> latex gloves on in their car, <laughs> driving by themselves with the windows up. If uh, if you've got to protect I mean, yourself from from Corona, then uh, I think that's to protect them from licking the windows. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. So, all right, we're gonna get off the <laughs> we're gonna get off of anything related to politics. We're gonna try. I got a feeling you might end up pulling me back for it. So, <laughs> so I, we we talked about um, ETAR. In fact, when you placed that big order. Uh, for strings, I know that's that's kind of what you were preparing for, and yeah. and I remember in your email you even said something to the fact that you you hoped it would it would take place. Now, I know that ETAR officially was canceled, and then mm-hmm. um, from the ashes of that, uh, and I, I guess it's pronounced guitar was was yeah. launched. But I, I guess I want to hear I want to hear from your point of view, you know, how all that how how the event was for one, how it transpired. But um, I guess my question for you, first of all, is, you know, was did you know that it was canceled before you headed there or did you find out before um, and that they were going to hold this guitar thing? How did all, how did you find out about all of that? And then we'll talk about so, how it came about. Yeah. So as a vendor, I. uh you know, I found out it. We were one of the first people. You know, the vendors were the first people to know that the guitar or guitar was canceled. Um, you know, they sent out an email to everybody saying, you know, hey, and that, and they posted it up on their Facebook page because um, they had a Facebook event page and all that. And it's like, you know, hey, it, it really sucks this year, but we, we've done everything we can, and it, there's just no way that we can do it. And um, 
so we were kind of left, you know, and just uh, that I'm sitting there like, damn, now I got to wait for, you know, my check to, you know, a refund check to come back um, for, you know, the cost of the event. And, uh, you know, and that, that was, I want to say that was right around Compton, right, right around the time that Compton would have happened is when we found out that it was canceled. Gotcha. Um, and that, you know, and that was about a month. It was about five weeks out, I think, five, maybe six weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, it's like, damn it, you know, now, now it's really starting to affect my summer, you know, and, and affect my plans, um, you know, the, the COVID thing. But um, so, yeah, it was, it was pretty bummed out. And it was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And um, my wife and I actually, my wife had taken the time off of work um, to watch the kids. Those were days that I would normally watch the kids. Um, that I was going to be gone. And so she'd already had the time off and we're like, well, let's start planning a family vacation. You know, we, we can go to one of the state park campgrounds or national forest or whatever. And we'll figure something out. And so we started, we actually contacted some of our, <clears throat> some of our friends, uh, another family that, uh, we normally do a camping trip with every year and like, Hey, Dave's plans have changed and he's not going to be doing this this weekend. You know, what do you think about trying to get the families together for a camping trip? And, you know, we started kind of, trying to pick out a camp, you know, a, a campground or a, a rec area or whatever. And it was about a week and a half later, two weeks later, um, they held the uh, ski sawmill shoot, um, or the sawmill shoot at Ski Sawmill, which is put on by the same people that put on ETAR. Uh, okay. The, Nef- the Nephilies. And, but that's on there. It's at, they own the ski sawmill resort and that's what they, so they held that there and they were able to pull it off it's private property it's a smaller shoot there aren't i don't know that i i've never been to, to the sawmill shoot so i don't know how many vendors are there but i don't think there's that many vendors if there are at all um and they had a pretty good turnout and everybody's like you know hey you know why don't you do etar here why don't you do etar here and um so then they did the ski sawmill shoot and yeah, I think it was like that Sunday or the, the 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 following Monday. You know, they made a post on there, or I think I don't remember if it was on the Sawmill site or on the Etar site. They're like, you know, hey, we've had a lot of requests for this. We're going to start looking into the you know logistics of it, and uh, we'll keep you guys posted. And of course, you know, being an Etar vendor, we got the email on that too. Um, and then I'm like, oh well. Hey, hon, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on planning a family vacation. I mean, because if there's going to be a shoot, I mean, I've already got the time off. I've you know working on getting the stock and all that ready. It, it's it would be it would behoove me to go. Um, and uh, it was about a week later they they kind of figured out the logistics of it and uh, said, yeah, hey, we're going to do this. And they uh, they named it Skitar and you know because the ski sawmill thing and instead of the E, you know. Anyway, and then, uh, so, yeah, they moved it over to the Sawmill Resort, and <clears throat> I think they had four or five 3D courses. I only shot one um, while I was there, and, uh, yeah, it ended up being, I had a good time. I, I did. It uh, it was well worth it for me. So. so, roughly how many people would you guess showed up? Um, Unless you have an actual number. Oh, I was talking to one of the the guys that uh that was working there on sunday afternoon i think he said there were 198 registered campsites wow so 100 i say 100 you know 198 registered campsites you're talking typically two to three guys in a campsite you know a few onesies in there so there's probably about three to four hundred guys camping and then um it was really it was kind of weird how the the how the shoot um went Friday, like it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shoot. Um, I didn't show up until Thursday evening. I got in at like five. Um, so I wasn't there for Thursday, but my understanding is Thursday was pretty slow. Friday was the busiest day. I, 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 there were probably between four and 500 people that came through on, on Friday. Um, lots of guys there, lots of guys shooting. And uh, Saturday was actually relatively slow. There was... I don't know, maybe two to 300 guys that I saw, you know, pretty much the guys that were camping. Um, I saw a few people, um, the parking lot was pretty much empty, but there were a few, few people that would, that drove in and, um, and Sunday was just dead. It was, 
Like, it, that was a level of dead that I've never seen at a shoot. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, but uh, my understanding is that a lot of guys that normally go to ETAR, you know, they, they've got uh, cabins or campsites or whatever booked up in Potter County um, there by Denton Hill. When ETAR got canceled, well, they, they didn't, they, they either couldn't or didn't cancel the reservations for those places and just made a family vacation of it. And then with Skitar, they just made a day trip down. And that's my right. my guess is, is kind of what, what happened is, you know, these people that had those, they came, they came down for the day on Friday, probably went up to their rooms or campsites or whatever on, on Friday evening, and then spent the day on Saturday and Sunday up in Potter County, you know, at the state game area, or the I think it's state forest up there. Um, and doing that, you know, just doing outdoor activities up there, uh, which is kind of why it flowed funny. But I, I want to say that the uh, I don't re- I can't remember exactly how many people he said that they had um, as far as registered shooters, but it was like six to six to seven hundred, I think. Wow. So I've, I've and I've never been to Etar. It's it's one I've never I've never made it to. So you you know you're gonna have to educate me a little bit and maybe share with the the other listeners who who have not been, but you've been to ETAR before, right? Mm-hmm. Not as a vendor, but I've been there to shoot. So, as compared to Skitar, I mean, what was the differences that that allowed them to go ahead and have the shoot? Was it was it all outdoors as opposed to ETAR being partially indoors? Or, or I, I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out um, logistically why they had to cancel one and then were able to do it in a different manner. Denton Hills a state park. Okay. Ah, so the, 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 the ski area is owned by the state. Now, the Nephilim lease that for the month of, I, I want to say they month, lease it for the months of like July and August to set up for the shoot right. for ETAR. And then they also do like a, an all, all bows shoot, you know, compound and traditional shoot uh, later in August as well um, up there. So the big thing it was that the state just wouldn't allow them to do it. They, they tried to do everything. They tried to give plans to the state saying, you know, this is how we can do it safely. This is what we can do. And the state's like, no, you're not doing it here because, I mean, it's, just, it's state property and we're just, no, you, you can't do it. And uh, so that's what that's really what ended up happening. And then, like I said, the Nephilim's own sawmill, so it's their private property, um, which actually ended up working out really well for them because, they, you know, as far as the lodge is concerned, it's still a working ski area where Denton Hill hasn't been in operation for like 10 years. The the, the lifts don't work. Um, my understanding is like some of the plumbing's not that good. Like the, it's just, it's not, and it's not like it's in a state of disrepair, but it's in need of some major repairs and upgrades to, to be back in a functional type state for, to, to, to do events and stuff. But um, at Sawmill, like they had the kitchen there, the kitchen was open. So you could go in, you could get, you know, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, just like you could if you were skiing up there or whatever. And, um, you know, they had everything open. We, you know, everybody followed the mask guidelines and the social distancing and all that thing. And, you know, there's signs everywhere and like all the, all the, um, personnel that were working there, I don't, unless they were outside, I never once saw them take their masks off. I mean. Those poor gals that were working in the kitchen, you know, you know how hot it is in a kitchen. I don't know, I don't know if you ever worked in a restaurant, but, you know, typically in a kitchen, it's 110, 115 degrees in the summer, if not hotter, you know, and these gals are back there just busting their tails and, you know, fully masked up in the whole nine yards, you know, never skipped a beat. And uh, they did a great job. They, they really did. They put off, honestly, short notice, um, they put off a great shoot. They really did. I really wish more vendors had shown up, but, you know. It is what it is. So, how many how many vendors would you guess was there? I want to say there was ten or twelve of us. Were you the only? Were you the only boyer? No, there was a. Oh, um, oh gosh, what's the heck is the guy's name? Uh, he's an older boyer. Um, he's from the New England area. He's been building bows for thirty, thirty-five years, something like that. Wow. Um, Oh, I can't. Gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Roy Hall. I think it's Roy oh, okay. Hall. Um, he was there, and then, um, maybe it wasn't Roy Hall. Anyway, um, and then there was a there was another boyer 
they like the, they had all of us vendors. You had to bring your own like ten by ten canopy and, and do it outside. They didn't do a tent right, or anything right. like that. So they they had us spaced out, and um, the other boyer was I don't know. He was a hundred yards away from me. I never made it down to talk to him, but I I want to say he was. I heard that he was like an Amish guy or a Mennonite or something. Mm, okay, and making self bows and some laminated stuff, but um, you know, I I don't know what you know. I, I always I really wondered. I always wondered if uh, Tom Cole ever shows up to any of those events up in the the Northeast. Um, I don't know if you know who Tom Cole was. Uh-uh. Um, I think it's Tom Cole. Now you got me guessing my my name recollection. He made um, he made he well he's actually known for hill style bows. Um, I've got uh, what have I got? Two of his bows. Um, had both of them. Uh, I sent them both to a guy in Alaska to refinish them. Um, just does absolutely gorgeous work. Uh, but he, I want to say he became a um, ordained minister or something like that. He used to have a publication that he was the head of uh, called Longbow. In fact, I've got a few of them laying around here somewhere. But um, yeah. he's he's not not as well known anymore, and he kind of fell off the radar. But uh, last I heard from someone, he still makes bows from time to time. But I don't I don't know. I'm everything I'm everything I could say about the man would be would be hearsay. But uh, I will tell you that uh, the two bows I've got, one of them is called an old timer. And it's uh, more of a um, it's funny. Sean Clarkson and I was talking. He was the one that was starting to tell me about the story. And I told him on the phone Saturday while I was driving. Nope. Just hush. I want to I want to <laughs> if you tell me then I won't be able to, to sound genuine when I'm asking David about it. So but <laughs> um, a, I'm sorry. A good long talk. I said I had a good long talk with uh, with Sean on Saturday. I think it was. Oh, really? Sunday. I, yeah. I didn't know that. Sean's a great guy. In fact, he's. Yeah. Um, He's on the he's on the list. I'm um, not going to talk about topics, but uh, or talk about what the topic will be because I know he's been on some other shows. But uh, Sean's going to be on the show uh, real soon, and he is just a he's a fantastic guy. But yeah, uh, absolutely. We were having a conversation about hill style or ASL bows um, while I was driving down to my daughter's college Saturday. But anyway, the the bow that I have that was the old timer model that Tom built is. Um, it's a cross between a ASL bow and a flat bow. Um, okay. It's and when I say flat bow, I mean the limbs are um, a lot like my Pacific U longbows. They're they're wide and they're they're thin. They're not they're not very thick at all. Um, and then the other bow that I've got is more of a standard ASL ASL. Um, d style bow with the d cross section in the in the limbs and it's a beast okay. it's it it i think it's it's not marked so there's no markings on it other than his name so there's no weight there's no length and it's a 68 <laughs> inch bow and pulls uh 84 at 28 by my scale oh, and it's every bit of man. it but brother let me tell you what that thing shoots i mean it I... it 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 doesn't play um I, yeah and when I went and when I got it, it's kind of funny. Um, I was at the TBG state shoot a few years ago, and a, a friend of mine from down in um, central Georgia, Barry Dugan, walked up to me and he said, "You like heavy bows? I don't know how heavy this thing is, but it's so heavy I can't string it." Uh, and in fact, I, I make I almost blew a gasket stringing it myself. Um, it's got a good amount of a back set to it, but anyway, when he gave it to me, it looked rough. I mean it. It looked like it was a hunting bow. It it looked like half of its trips out of the tree stand were gravity uh, induced. Um, the, I don't know if you guys like that. <laughs> the the wrap was in bad shape. I mean, it just it 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 just didn't look good at all. But you could tell it had the potential to be a gorgeous bow. Um, Myrtle riser, um, black glass. Anyway. I forget the gentleman's name now. I'll have to go back and look through my. Oh, um, it'll come to me in a minute. Justin Newell um, okay. referred me to a guy up in Alaska that refinishes bows. And I can't even remember the name of his company. I'm ashamed to say. He does other things too. Like he, he does some woodworking stuff. He does some, I think, axe handles, stuff like, oh, uh, refinishing guitars. 
all kinds of cool stuff, but he refinishes, he will refinish bows. So it's not cheap. It's a couple hundred bucks plus the shipping. Uh-huh. But because of this bow and the, I won't say the rareness of it. I don't know exactly how rare they are, but you very rarely see them come up. And it was a good working, um, you know, hunting, huntable version of the bow. So mm-hmm. I, I sent it off to him. I had to strip the the um, the leather wrap off the handle. And when I did that, I found that either the boyer or someone after the boyer had done some work to the riser um, to make it, uh, to adjust it for their grip. I, I, if I remember correctly, it was some stuff put on the, on the back of the bow, um, okay. right at the hand grip. Anyway, I stripped all that off and I put it in the mail to him. Now, when I got the bow, if you looked at the side of the riser that had Tom Cole written on it, you could just barely see it. I mean, it was extremely faint. And when I got the bow back from this gentleman, it looked like new money. I mean, it looked like he had just taken it out, you know, out of the press, sanded it and, and finished it himself. A high gloss finish, which I normally didn't like, but for this bow, it was just perfect. Um, and he even, and you could, he even recreated or retraced the original signature on the bow. And it even, I mean, it looks exactly like it did before I sent it, except you can read it. It really pops. Um, and all I had to do was put a new leather wrap on, which I usually suck at, but this one came out perfect. I did the, um, you know, the, the older hill style that doesn't have the laces Mm -hmm. like, um, the like old the uh, trophy games. hunters, yeah, right, and the and the John Schultz bows. Um, yep, and it turned out I couldn't have asked for it to be any better. And I just said when I finish that one, I'll never do another one because I'll never be able to recreate <laughs> it. But uh, anyway, I, it's a long story to go down that path. But yeah, Tom Cole, do a, do a little research on him um, from a from a, a hill style or ASL style longbow. A lot of people have never heard of him, but yeah. Well. Um, is it and, and, some pretty bugs? Oh, I, yeah, and I, I did. It was San Marco. That oh, not, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yep, San Marco. Um, but uh, yeah, and then there was like a gal that was doing like reflexology. She was selling uh, uh, Norwax and like giving massages, <laughs> which I was like, that's kind of interesting at, a, at an archery shoot. But that's cool. And then um, the the booth that I was actually set up next to, and I meant it was a really nice couple. Um, the it was a husband and wife and and the wife started a business and she um i was called it, it, it's a she got a blog and everything what they go with it and it's uh, the life of a hunter's wife and she makes jewelry and just really cool stuff um with the leather work and um she does like uh resin resin jewelry like i bought my uh, daughter's she'd taken uh she found a moth like a dead moth and took a one wing from each of the each you know one wing off of each side and put it in um matching necklaces and she listed it as a mother-daughter set and i'm like well i think my my two oldest daughters would really like this you know so can we shorten the chain up and she shortened the chain up for me the whole nine yards um and it's just really cool and uh they were really really great um young couple and um so i spent a lot of time talking to them and um but uh yeah it was a good i mean it was a good shoot shoot well that's that's good to hear i mean i i'm i was really tickled to death to hear it came off you know not just not just for your benefit but um i just know there you know uh a a lot of us have really struggled with the you know the whole lockdown when we're used to going out and shooting you know for Mm -hmm. me it was at least once a month um and in a lot of cases i got to shoot more than once a month um so anyway uh, I was I was really glad to hear it went off. It sounds like you had a sounds like you had a great time. Um, no, I did. You know, and uh, I was able to deliver um, uh, one of the. I, I donated a bow earlier this year for the. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Paul Helms fundraiser that the Push Archery did, or the Push Podcast guys. Um, they'd done they'd done a big fundraiser, and uh, the guy that won the whole nine yards was there, and so I was able to deliver the bow that I made for him, and um, and he was actually tickled pink, man. He he, I spent, I dropped it off to him on Thursday evening and man, he was just giddier than all get out. You know, I'm like, Hey, no, Hey, um, you, 
you around? I'm, I've, I've got something for you. And he's like, are you kidding me? You got my bow done? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I like completely blew him out of the water. And then he shot it the whole weekend. And he was just like, God, I love this thing. It's absolutely amazing. Which, you know, makes a guy like me, you know, feel good. You know, it's music to my ears when customers are happy. And, uh, um, you know, so got to deliver that. Um, got to, you know, meet some people that I've, you know, kind of established uh, internet relationships with. You know, you talk to people online or whatever, and text and whatnot, but actually being able to sit around a campfire and talk with them and BS and um, get to know people is, it was good. It was a really, really, really fun weekend, and um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it was still work, you know, but it was, uh, it was fun. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Like I said, I got out and shot the course with uh, a few guys and had a ball. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, just screwing around like trad guys do. No, and there's absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Nothing no. wrong with that. I want to get into um, what what plans you, you, you might have for this fall. But before I do that, um, for anybody that is listening that I've piqued their interest around Tom Cole, I actually just went out and pulled a couple things up off of uh, uh, Google. So, and I, I, my memory was correct. Uh, he did have some. I don't know what the interaction with, but uh, I know he had some involvement with the Pennsylvania Longbowman. Um, and the one. So there's a couple little quick. Um, a Google search will find you a couple little items. One is on uh, Tradrag, and written by Tom Cole and actually includes contact information. So I actually need, I need to just try to reach out to him. I've, I've said a couple of times I was going to do it and I just haven't done it yet, but he's got a, a couple of things where anywhere he talks about the longbow hall of fame and mentioned several uh, individuals in here. Um, and it's, he's a chaplain. I knew it was something like that, but uh, he became a chaplain and uh, old timer L longbow, emeritus i don't know exactly what that means but uh <laughs> old timer was one of his bow models and every time i run across something that he uh has pinned you see that that old timer somewhere shows old up timer. in it and i'll have to um i'll have to take a few pictures I, i've got to find them i've got those those old uh copies of the longbow magazine i want to say justin may have sent those to me i can't remember now but um, I did get one of these, the, the old timer longbow that I've got, mm -hmm. I got from Justin Newell. And okay. I think that may have been when he sent me the copies that he had of that magazine. I, I it's mm -hmm. been so long, I'll have to go back, but I'll try to find that and send it to you. But I was just glad to pull it up and remember that I was right about the name, uh, with, <laughs> with my, <laughs> my memory challenges at times. So, you know, it, it, it's a win. You count that in the win column. So the... One, I will just come out and say one of the best ASL uh, longbow boyers you've never heard of, Tom Cole. Um, and I actually, I am. I'm gonna try to reach out to him. I think that'd be a, a cool conversation if I. And I, he, I'm assuming, and you know, hope nobody takes this the wrong way. I'm assuming he's still alive. I've, I know this this last article that was that I can find on the internet was dated 2009. Yeah, uh, and that was that was from Tradrag. I mean, that's that's Brian's old. Yep. Yep. Brian Bolden's old site. Yep. yep. So, okay. Um, I think we're probably around 40 minutes or so here, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, David. But uh, what's your – any any big any big hunt plans for this fall, or is it really just going to be deer hunting in the great state of Michigan? Um, it's going to be deer hunting in the great state of Michigan for the most part. Um my plans this year, I'm, I'm heading back to the island. I'm going back to Manitou Island um, f for a week. Luckily, um, with COVID stuff, they ended up not canceling that. Um, it, was, it was questionable there. Um, and honestly, we had to find different transport to the island because the fa ferry that normally um, runs, uh, because between COVID and some disrepair of the piers and the docks on North and South Manitou Island, they couldn't get their ferry in until the Army Corps of Engineers could get out there and do some dredging and repairs to the, to the docks and piers. 
And uh, so they end up not putting, I, I'm, I'm guessing, liability insurance on their boats, on the ferries this year. And so they're not running at all um, because they were they knew they were going to miss their busy season, which is July and August. And if they couldn't run during that time, then it wasn't worth the money. Um, so we end up having to find a, a charter to take us out. Um, so we'll be doing that, uh, what will be the first week of November. So Pika, pre-rut there, just, just getting into the rut. Um, but uh, and I, i'll be honest my plans are to take my model 94 um for that one it's it's a meat hunt for me more than anything but if i have a good october with the longbow um i, I might throw my manistee in the pack instead of the rifle so but other than that it'll just be you know hunting around here and uh building bows i'm not planning on going anywhere either my man i'm i'm hoping right now tom uh, Jurgensen's plan on coming down and, and spending a few days, hopefully a week, uh, hunting with me down here. Uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, at one time I was, I entertained thoughts of going up hunting Michigan, but with the, with the job change and, and, you know, just, uh, the stresses around COVID and so forth from a perspective mm -hmm. of, I don't want to miss the work to take another week out of, out of office. Um, right. I think I'm going to wait and try to make that up, you know, maybe next year, but, uh, I'm looking forward to getting in the woods, man. Yeah. I'm I'd same here. It's, uh, it's finally starting to get the, the nights are getting cooler up here. We're hitting like 55 at night, which is stinking you, like perfect. You suck. <laughs> Hey man, it was it was real feel of ninety four, and our humidity was like seventy percent here today. So, I mean, we it's been it's been a hot one, um, but we're starting like I said, the evenings are cooling off, which is perfect, and I uh, starting to get that itch. You know, it's 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 getting close, and, and you can feel it now, and uh, I'm I'm excited, and uh, yeah, just yeah, I need to get back in the woods. J I'm, I'm ready. Just ninety four. I mean, I think it's that here by like ten o'clock. Well, you know, look where you're at, you know, I, and I'm a northerner, man. I, when I did fire academy in Texas, that, that was worse, man. I was there from June until September. Um, I got there the first week of June and I left the first or second week of, of September. So imagine going through fire academy, live fire burns, you know, full turnout gear, the whole nine yards in mid central Texas. You know, we had 90% humidity, 110 by stinking 11 o'clock. It was, ugh. I'd, we'd, we'd break for lunch. I'd go back to my uh, my my room, and uh, I'd take a shower at lunchtime. <laughs> then yep. take another shower when I, you know, when I get out of get out of class. It was it was the worst. I, I don't do heat well. I, I, I don't know how you guys do it living down there. Uh, you get used to it um, for <laughs> the most part until you have to start lugging, you know, a... a, a no, uh, tw well, what will be twenty years old? A nineteen-year-old girl's um, uh, all of her all of her requirements and and <laughs> acrements up three flights of stairs, and then it's not so much fun anymore. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's not like I said. You get you get used to it. You get used to it. Yeah, I think it's like anything else. You know, you acclimate, acclimate, acclimate. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like guys that, you know, come from down south and move up here or, you know, move, move to the northern tier, you know, where you get snow. If it's cold for any amount of time, I mean, you get used to it. And, uh, you know, some, some people just don't like being outside in the cold, though, right. and they, they never get acclimate, acclimated to it. And, I, you know, you get the I hate the cold. It's like, well, try finding an outdoor recreation in the winter that you'll enjoy. You know, snowshoeing, uh, skiing, you know, cross-country skiing, ice fishing, snowmobiling, anything. You know, it could be fun. And, you know, all of a sudden you look, kind of look forward to the cold and it's like, oh, well, this ain't too bad. Yeah, so. I'm still ready for, I'm still ready for, for cooler weather myself. Yeah. So. Same here. Uh, if it, if it never got above 75 degrees ever again, I'd be a happy guy. <laughs> Um, you know what, for the most part, I, I would tend to agree with you. Um, now that said, some of the, some of the cooler weather that you guys get up there, I'm probably not a big fan of either. So, but yeah. if you could keep it around that, that, I don't know, 40 to 75 year round, it would be like heaven. So. Yep. It wouldn't be bad. 
Well, brother, I don't want to keep you any longer, David. I really do appreciate you hopping on here. I think the uh, the etar skitar story was a good one, especially for the you know the folks that 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 didn't go or maybe hadn't even heard you know all this took place. It's just a a testament to the to the community to you know push on, not let not let everything get them down to the point that they. They, they, as many of us would sometimes swear we're going to do, crawl off in our little hole and just get away from people. It's, it's really good to hear, you know, <laughs> that things like this do go on. Um, so I appreciate yeah, you sharing it with me, man. No, and, you know, and I really appreciate the Netflix for putting that on. As a vendor, I really appreciated it. I know, you know, like I said, there weren't a lot of vendors there, but I was looking forward to it. And for being a new boyer, it getting your name out there is one thing but guys have to shoot my bows you know right because you can hear the name but i'm not getting people knocking down my door to to, to buy bows that they've never shot before they they can't you know do a quick google search on you know on the leather wall and see you know 50 guys that say yeah man these things are awesome i just don't you know i'm not there yet and uh so to to have that exposure and to be able to put bows in hands and have guys going out and shooting them means the world to me and um you know it, it's it's part of growing my business and you know when when the covid stuff hit man it, it i could see the writing on the wall like my, my plan was to get out to be off the ambulance by no later than may 1st of this year and um when the covid stuff hit um the part-time job market around here pretty much dried up so i, I couldn't find something that i could you know just kind of make ends meet you know, doing part-time work somewhere to get off the ambulance um, until this thing could get fully kicked off. But, um, you know, and then, you know, one after another, shoots getting canceled, you know, everything that I'd signed up and I had plans of being a vendor at. And uh, it just, for them to be able to, for them to do that, you know, and, and in a way, I mean, they stuck their necks out. And uh, it, it, me- it means the world to me. And uh, if, if the Nephilies are listening to this, I'd, it's this is a heartfelt thank you it was it meant it meant a lot to me to that you guys did that and were able to to do that for for the little guy like me well said man well said well brother i hope you have a great rest of your your evening uh, i'm guessing you're probably gonna go make some more sawdust this evening but uh i'm i think i'm done for the day i spent about seven hours down there oh, okay it's, it's time to relax cuddle up with the wife so well, I'm sure I'm sure you'll enjoy that too. I look forward. Yeah. I will. I look forward to the next string order. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully, it won't be too long. I hope not. I hope. I I hope you need to order another forty-five next month. I I really do. <laughs> man, if I needed to order another five forty-five next month, man, I'd be I'd be like a pig in mud, man. I'd, I'd be happy. <laughs> oh, God, that would well, that would be a windfall. We, but uh, wishing you all the best, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. (laughs) We'll catch you later. All right, man. Take care. For everyone else, thank you for listening in. We'll have another great episode coming for you real soon. Take care, all. Bye.